taking care of ourselves has always been such a pillar of the Herself brand. I mean, Amy and I, we are talking about this all the time on Instagram, in our podcasts. It's a part of our life. And it's also how we can get one step further than we are today. And I encourage you that this is what you can do as well. Acting like you matter, taking care of yourself. These need to be pillars, not only for the people that you listen to on a podcast, but things that you're taking seriously in your own life as well. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. Today, we're going to do an episode that expands on the feelings of burnout and overwhelm. And our hope is that we're going to give you some really tangible tools and ideas for how we've worked through it in different seasons. So as you guys know, Abby and I are moms of three children. We have careers, partners, houses, laundry, like we get it. We've gone through newborn seasons. We've gone through tough partnership seasons. We've gone through the season where we weren't asking for or accepting help. We think we now, from all that experience, have some really good strategies to offer, and we want to meet you exactly where you are today. So we're going to dig in. We're going to give some personal stories of times where we were really overwhelmed, things that worked, things that really didn't work, and how we got to where we are today. So first, I thought it would be really good for each of us to talk about seasons where we were really in the thick of it, like in the thick of our overwhelm. So I was wondering, Abby, is there a time in your life where you really felt like your overwhelm was the worst? And then I would really love if you shared with the listeners how you started to work through that. Yeah, I remember it so distinctly. And it was when I was pregnant with Micah and he was almost going to be born. That's when motherhood just felt like it was heavy and there was no end in sight. Obviously, I knew I was going to be a mother forever, but the heaviness, it just stuck with me. And we're so distinctly, it was two weeks before Micah was going to be due. At that point, we didn't know if he was a boy or a girl, but we did know that things were about to get a lot harder. At that point in time, we were renovating our basement. And obviously, like with every type of job like this, we hope that things are going to be done on time, but it wasn't. Everything was pushed back. Our second baby was about to be born and things were in shambles. And I remember just feeling so much stress because at that point I was working, I was traveling while being really, really pregnant. We were designing and building our basement. We were preparing to have another child. Lucy at that point wasn't even two years old. So we were in the thick of it with her. And I remember telling Colin, I want to stay pregnant. I know how much harder it's going to be when our baby's on the outside that I just want our baby to stay inside right now. It's so much easier right now and it's only going to get harder. I could feel the overwhelm before he was even born. And I remember just that part of it was so hard because I knew that it was only going to get harder. And that's what made it so tricky internally. I've heard a lot of my friends when they're in a really overwhelmed season and they're pregnant say those same words, like you're just not even ready to wrap your mind around more to do. And that's exactly it. It's the more. The overwhelm in that situation was because nothing was ever lifting. And even when I was in labor with Micah, it happened a week before his due date. So not that early, but yeah. in my mind, I'm, that I'm was like, not that, was not, that, that was not good. I was an hour away at my parents' house and my contractions started at four in the morning. And we're calling Colin and being like, hey, I'm in labor. Contractions are you know, you know, six, seven, eight minutes apart. And I drove home on my own with these contractions and that heaviness of being overwhelmed in that situation, knowing that I was going to be going home into a construction site with a baby on the way, it never left me. And when Micah came into the world, I just felt like everything was still so much all the time and it was never going to get easier. And I think that my biggest challenge with overwhelm, I think a lot of people can relate to this, is that when it feels like it never ends, that's when it gets tricky. Like I will be a person who I will say I'm good at bursts of challenge. I kind of like that. The invitation of, okay, let's do something really hard for a day or two. You know, let's nail this. And then we know we can look back and see how good of a job that we did. But this type of challenge, 
like with most things with motherhood, it feels like there's no end in sight. And that's when overwhelm for me, it takes over and I feel Mm. like I can't see. That's the only way that I can describe it. Everything is so loud. I feel like I can't see. I just can't focus on anything because everything is just, it's too loud for me to see. <laughs> like like all your senses are just literally going crazy at that point. And if I had to take a stab at it of your overwhelm too, it's obviously you guys have heard us over two and a half years now. Abby really does like a certain amount of control and she likes things a certain way. And she said it herself on the podcast before when she had one kid, she could still have it her way. And I think that Micah, her second child was the first dive into, I'm not going to be able to do everything the way that in Abby Green's like perfect, you know, A plus type of way. And that was probably scary. Yeah. And for people who identify as an achiever, when it's not an A plus, it feels like you're failing. Even though you're just doing C's still, get degrees. Know, C's get degrees. <laughs> you're still doing C work. Anybody from the outside can be like, wow, she's nailing it. She's doing so well. But internally, you feel like you're failing. And at that point, my entire life took a hit. Mm. I mean, I stopped doing a lot of self-care to make more time to catch up on housework and work. I said yes at work to prove to myself and to others that I could do it. At that point, I was the only mom of young kids who was in my role. So I felt like I had to say yes extra just to be like, nope, I can still do this. I'm a mom of two. Yes, I can. And I was drowning, you guys, absolutely drowning. And I was only focusing on the overwhelm at that point and not focusing on the solutions. But I literally did one thing And that one thing changed the entire trajectory of that season. And it's simple, but I know how hard it can be because I pushed back on it for years and years and years. The thing that I did was I asked for help. And then I said yes when people offered. Like that was it. Almost 100% of the time when someone offered something, I was like, you know what? I'm going to say yes right now. This not only strengthened my bonds with some of my closest friends and family, but it also gave me space. Like at this point, it helped me realize that things could still get done, even if they weren't getting done by me. So getting really, really tangible, this could look like having someone else walk your dog, having someone else mow your lawn, saying yes when meals would get dropped off. Like if someone offers to make a meal and you are hungry and not wanting to cook, just say yes. Even something as simple as having coffee on the front porch, like that would just make my day at that point. I know that a lot of people were offering to take Lucy so that I could just be with baby Micah. Even if he was napping, I could also nap at the same time. Like that gave me so much space right there. Saying yes to babysitters. I mean, that could be somebody that you're paying, like a high schooler down the street, or could just be dropping your kids off with a relative or with a neighbor that you trust. I mean, if you're somebody who is working outside the home, you could hand off some work projects. But I think the biggest things were the things that you would always be able to see as a perfectionist or somebody who's an overachiever. Things like leaving the dishes in the sink. It sounds so simple, but I know that those types of things in our minds can just set off triggers, but being comfortable with a little bit of mess, being comfortable with some dust or some crumbs that could wait until the morning, just lowering the bar a little bit, your overwhelm will lower with it. Mm. I think one thing that comes up for people, even if they aren't achievers, like even my personality type, there was a certain pride with motherhood. Like I was proving I could do it the first time around. And I think a lot of times, at least the second time around, you realize this was never meant to be done just by one person. You know, you might have a partner, you know, hopefully you have some involved family. Maybe you have some group of friends. I've heard on other podcasts, when people get this advice, one of their frustrations is, what if no one's offering help? Or like, what do I do if there is no help? And I think that's really interesting because that could, I'm not going to invalidate anyone, that totally could be something that people go through. I also have found that like sometimes you just have to ask and people are more than happy to do it. I still do this today. My mother-in-law was in town. We were leaving. She's already taking care of my kids, but I just said, you know, if you want to put the laundry away, because I knew the kids were going to be at school and she's kind of a busy body. I said, if you want to put the laundry away, I would be so happy. No pressure. You know, you just give people these windows of opportunities to support you and you tell them how to do that. 
if we want to be in friendships with people, sometimes it's going to be that you have to ask your friend, like, Abby, it'd be so helpful if you just dropped off dinner. I just did that with you. Yes, you're putting something on your friend. I know Abby's already busy. I totally understand that. But when she's in a tough season, like I'm going to be there to drop off the meal. So I just think we need to look at it of like, yes, maybe you don't have 10 people asking what they can do like Colin and Abby always do. But do I have, you know, two close friends where, yep, I'm a little uncomfortable asking, but I'm going to push myself just a little bit because I know that I want to offer support when they're in need. And what I've also found is that when you do ask somebody to step in and help, the next time that they see you in that same situation, it's like, oh my gosh, I can put on my superhero cape again and help out the greens. Mm -hmm. Like I know I'm really good at making meals or I know I'm really good at walking a dog or I know I'm really good at dropping a coffee on the front porch. So it just gives them an open invitation to be like, hey, I'm going to be in town today. Can I do this? But sometimes it takes that first step from you to say yes and be like, hey, this is where I need help. Somebody help me out here. Yeah. And I think going easy. Like I'm not trying to prove to Colin and Abby that I'm like this wonderful cook. I mean, the jig is up. Like (laughs) I don't really cook that much. So that's great. But do I know one of their favorite Mexican places that I can either order food from? Yes. Or B, like Drew and I are like, make it as simple as whatever we're having for dinner, we're just going to double it. And then we can drop that off for the next day for them. Like you don't have to be, you know, all of a sudden this amazing homemaker for your friend. You just have to go a little bit further. Mm -hmm. Yep. Just a little bit further. And I want to bring up one other example of a time that overwhelm took over in my life. And this one is more recent. It was just a year ago. And this is for the people who there's a lot of little things always tugging at you that all of a sudden things feel so heavy because there's just so many things that you're juggling. So about a year ago, within a six-week time frame, we went through a lot of changes. Owen turned one. I'm a person who has really big emotions when our kids hit Mm. those types of milestones and our littlest, I mean, in in my mind, like he's going to be our last child. So him hitting one was a really big deal for our family. Just a few weeks before that, our dog passed away. I mean, again, so many emotions with that, so many hard conversations with Lucy and Micah. Like we were going through Mm. a really, really hard time just like heading into this, that season of it. At the same time, I started my coaching degree at UW-Madison. So it was an added responsibility. So much fun, but more work, more textbooks, you know, more curriculum that I had to be at. I had to be here in this school. I had to be learning this on the side. I had to be getting coaching hours. And we bought and sold a house. And it was in that order. And for anybody who has bought and then sold a house, you know how much extra stress can be on you with like making sure that you're getting those open houses, making sure that you're getting those offers and that you feel good with it because you've already bought a house. So Mm -hmm. you know that you have to sell it. And Amy and I started pursuing her purpose with Kat during that same month. So there was just so many things and every single one of them was either a big emotional milestone or you know something really exciting like starting a business or starting a coaching degree. But it just felt like so much all at once. And even for people with a really high capacity, and I do call myself somebody with high capacity, it can just feel like the world is crashing down and that you're not doing an awesome job in any one category because there's so many things that are pulling at your mind. And I know that this happens in many of our seasons, but I remember it so distinctly that, I mean, it was that point in time where I lost a bunch of weight, my hair started falling out, Mm, I had a panic attack for the first time. Like there were so many things that were going on physically and emotionally that my body literally was like, Abby, you cannot do one more thing. You got to slow down. Well, I remembered too, it was like the self-awareness of you kept saying, I don't understand like why this is happening. I was like, Abby, very gently, think about all this. Owen turned one. Your beloved dog just passed away. You know, you're buying and selling a house. There was so much, but I think when you have Abby's personality type, you're just like, I don't get why I can't handle this. And I'm like, A, who could? And B, you're not supposed to. You can't necessarily plan when your dog is going to pass away. Or like the perfect house came up and you guys, you know, jumped at that opportunity. It's like sometimes the timing of life is really hard. And I think when we're speaking to this group of women in front of us, it's like our lives are so full that it's the one more thing. 
today, it's like a bunch of people are in a stretch of time when their kids are sick. That's the one thing that's like putting them over the top. And you and I talk about how if our life is so full that it melts down when one child has to stay home sick, we probably have two full of lives. And that's something that we're working on. We're not saying we've got this managed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, But we do try to look ahead and say, you know what? We know we want to do this course, for example. It wasn't the season until it was the season. We knew it wasn't until we had some more space out in front of us. Yeah, and even how we created the course, it was so good because I mean, I think I only worked one night the entire time we were creating the course. Like it was done during working hours when we were feeling good. We were bringing in the community examples. Like it was just perfect timing for those yeah. types of things. And we're talking about our self care yes, course yes. that launches to the public today. We're going to talk about it a little bit more at the end, but just so you guys know what we're referencing. Okay, so my season of overwhelm, like I, f- I remember it very distinctly. Of course, it wasn't the only time in my life I've been overwhelmed because there's been multiple seasons. But at this time, it was like I could feel a buzzing in my ears and it was so distinct and I couldn't make it go away. So we had three kids. You know, during Cole's baby season, we did pretty good because he was a very calm baby and that was really helpful to my life. Thank you, Cole. Shout out, Cole. But after that, when he started to talk and move a little bit, and it was just, there was so much sensory input into me that I was unwell. I also, at the time, I was still a nurse in the Carbone Cancer Center. And that job, for anyone that's a nurse, like you understand, there's so much beeping. People have their TVs on. People are always talking to you. Your coworker is talking over here to a patient. You kind of have to have your ears on everything. That's literally your job. You're listening for different things. So that was my job. And then I owned Expecting and Empowered at the time. Abby and I were were starting her self-podcast, which a lot went on behind the scenes before we came onto the air. So suffice to say, there was a lot on my plate, including my family, and there was just too much input into my senses. So after that time, I have learned a lot more about sensory input that I didn't know at the time. I felt crazy because when the microwave was beeping or when you know, the kids had a cartoon on in the background. It was like, that was the thing that put me over the edge. And at the time I was like, wow, what is wrong with you? Like, it's this one little thing that is pushing you past your point of comfort. And then since then I've learned our bodies cannot handle that much noise because like they're taking so much in. Our brains are having a hard time deciding like what noises to care about, I had three little kids. One was kind of dangerous to himself. Like there's a reason my body is on high alert and it's supposed to be. So since that time, I've learned a lot more. And so hopefully I can help some of you guys that are now in that season. But our friend Larissa Galeris, she says like, turn off the oven fan as soon as it can be turned off. Like that's actually important because you're decreasing your input turn off the noise machine in your child's room as soon as you're done with it, because that's another thing that your brain can just hear in the background. Turn off the TV when no one's watching it. We have to really work to decrease what's coming at us. And at the time, I just didn't understand that as well as I wish that I would have. So at the time, my solutions were And I still stand by these. These really worked. So I hope that they're new to some of you. I've talked about this one before, but I just knew that whenever I could, I needed space and time from people. So for example, if I would get to my nursing shift early, even if it was just 10 minutes, instead of hanging out on Instagram or walking in and talking to my coworkers, I would go for a walk on a path by myself, no input. I just needed it to be quiet. At the same time, for about a year and a half or two years of my nursing career, I was eating lunch by myself. So at least at my nursing job, 
lunch was a real social hour. Like everyone was in the lunchroom. Everyone was eating together. They were talking about the shift, their kids, da, da, da. I was like, I can't. I literally cannot do this. I need to go eat by myself. I don't want to talk to anyone. And I need that half hour because I know the rest of my life is listening and talking and I just cannot handle it. So that was huge. And so I already know your guys' objections because I've shared this before. My followers are like, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to do that. I feel bad. Like I feel like my coworkers are going to think that I am not friendly or I don't care about them or whatever. I can tell you, literally no one cared. Like there were plenty of other people still in the break room if that was their choice. It inspired some other coworkers to start doing the same thing. If anyone asked about it, I was so honest. I was like, I have three little kids. I hear mom 200 times a day, you know, at our job. People are always calling me with their buzz light. Like I just need this time to myself. And they were so respectful of that. So I think, especially as women, we're always thinking of like, okay, what do other people need? What are other people going to think? And I just gave myself permission to say, what do I need? I knew what I needed. It never failed me. And so I did it every single shift and it felt so good. And let's take a break from our longest standing sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online therapy for the busy mom. And what I mean by this is that they meet you exactly where you're at. If you want to use a chat feature and just share resources or get resources from your therapist, you can do that. If you want to be able to go on a walk and talk on the phone and not have to look at somebody, you're able to do that. Or my favorite way is the video feature where you can talk one-on-one with your therapist and walk through strategies and tips that can help you get one step further than you are today. That's the whole point of the Herself podcast and BetterHelp can help you do that when it comes to mental health. We know so many of you have been putting off your mental health thinking that, you know, tomorrow might be a better day or that something else is more important. But if this is something that's been on your mind for a while, BetterHelp can help you and you can be matched within 24 hours. So if you go to betterhelp.com slash herself, you can be matched with an online therapist so fast and start to get the mental help that you need. You also can get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash herself. Now back to our show. And with that, when you can really listen to yourself and what you need and then act upon it, you're giving your body exactly what it's asking for. The reason that we have this sensory overwhelm is many times because it's been building up, building up, building up of us not giving ourselves that break from whatever it is. So when you can actually say yes to yourself, it helps so much. And I love that you also brought up that it helped other people also realize that they could do that. It was giving them permission, the people who may not have been as brave to be like, you know what, I'm going to do what Amy does and just take a breather right now. I'll come back being so much better. It's the fact that we have to push through some discomfort. It's not like I was like, oh, yes, I'm a trailblazer. I had the same thoughts, but I just knew like, I absolutely need this one half hour to myself. And then you do it and you realize, okay, A, no one cares. B, I know I had great relationships with my coworkers. I still talk to a handful of them. Like it wasn't the thing that broke the camaraderie of the unit. Like we can build something up in our minds and it's actually not a big deal. Everyone's going to be fine. I'm an adult. I'm allowed to say what I need. And I think women really have to get better at that. The other thing that I did at the time was that, again, I was like obsessed with the idea that I needed silence. I remember one time my in-laws came over and I did have to go to Target to get a couple things for a birthday party we were having. And I went there. I asked if I could go to Target by myself. And I went there in silence and the buzzing would not go away. So I think the really tricky thing is, is sometimes like we're so fried that one trip by yourself isn't going to solve this. That's when I added the lunches in and I was like, I really need something to help this because I feel like I can't stop. It was a season where every minute pretty much was accounted for. And that, like Abby said, in her really overwhelmed season, it's like, 
you almost feel like I can only fault myself because I decided to start this podcast and I decided to have this expecting and empowered. And I decided I wanted three kids. I was the one that pushed for three kids. And so you can really feel like, okay, I kind of put myself here, whatever that might be valid. But it was also my job to figure out what I could do to start to move into a better place. And I am lucky I do have a partner. Drew and I, from now until forever, like it is our job to care for each other. I've said it so many times, like it matters to me if Drew mentally is doing well. It matters to me if he's physically doing well. I expect the same care from him, even if I pushed for the third kid, you know? So in that season, it was like I knew I needed breaks. I knew I needed to go away sometimes, but it wasn't big thing. So I would go for a 15 minute walk, you know, as the sun set. And I was like, I just know I need this. Again, I didn't have any input. I just needed to like deep breathe and be by myself. I would also go on a drive. I remember going to Mocha on university, which is about 20 minutes from our house driving back in complete silence. And that's what my mom break was. And I remember sharing that with other people and they're like, oh my gosh, I totally get it. Like that would be such a dream. And so I know that when women hear that, like, okay, you have to ask your partner, like, I need time away. You know, we're talking 30 minutes, an hour. Like these are the little things that actually do make a big difference. The thing that I hear is, I feel like our house, our kids are so overwhelming. Like, how can I ask my partner to give me that? And the way that I coached myself through that one was, we all know, if you've listened to this podcast, Drew has never had an issue taking time away from the house. Like Drew has basketball all winter long. He has softball all summer long. He does a great job of like taking time to himself. So I said, Amy, you give Drew the opportunity to do the things that he wants to do. You have got to feel permission to do the things that you know you really at a baseline need. Of course, did Drew have to take some nights where the kids were difficult? Yes. But I would tell myself, Amy, have you ever been with these three little boys and they were difficult for you? The truth was yes. So Drew and I have really felt like in partnership, we're both going to have to give, but we're also both going to have to take. It was my job to start to also take what I needed. And Drew would tell me that. He's like, Amy, you're never asking to go to dinner with a friend. You know, who knows? He had more scheduled things. And that's what I've always said. Like he has Tuesday basketball. I don't have Tuesday basketball. So like mentally, if it's helpful to you to be like, okay, I have Wednesday, whatever, maybe that's what you need. But like that was a huge driver for him. And I just never put myself on the schedule. So that's one thing that I really had to learn the hard way is that I have to do something for myself. Like I have to make time And so that was one thing that really helped in that season. Yeah. And with that, I mean, even just this last weekend, our guys were together and they were planning a trip to Vegas. And like the first thing is like, well, let's plan a trip for us as well. And it's not tit for tat, but it is sharing the load of parenting and then also being able to share your own hobbies, your own interests outside of it and making sure that there's room for both people to be uniquely them because then you can bring yourself into the partnership as that whole person and you just feel so much better the entire time that you're doing that. Yeah. I mean, really today, we're asking you guys sometimes to just think, what would this look like if I chose myself? And I always think I really am being an example for my children. I happen to have all boys that will grow up and be men. So like, I'm super passionate. Obviously, if I had all girls, I would be the same way. But like, I don't want these three little boys to grow up thinking, okay, it's the woman's job to put herself last. Mom always was the only one that sacrificed. Mom did everything for us. 
I don't want them to see that because that's not the partner I would want them to be. And I always think about, you know, who knows who they're going to love and what's going to happen. But I don't want any future daughter-in-law coming to my house being like, why did you condition (laughs) this child to not do his own laundry? Like, I feel personally attached to making self-sufficient guys to go out into this world so that hopefully the generation of women that come behind us, like a different thing was demonstrated to them. A quick break from our longtime partner, Gooder. You guys probably know by now, but we're pretty obsessed with Gooder sunglasses as are our husbands, our friends, like everyone around us wears Gooders. So we know the word is spreading. I actually just stocked up because I just can't stand when I don't have sunglasses. So I need a pair for in my office, in my car, at my house, just every single place I need a pair of sunglasses. So I just ordered one pair of Operation Blackout, one Ninja Kick the Damn Rabbit, and two Amelia Earhart ghosted me. I do bulk shop because like I said, I just need my sunglasses to be where I am, ready to go. And I know that I love Gooder sunglasses. There's so many great things about Gooders. There is a style for everyone. I pick very plain frames because that's my personality, but they're always doing a partnership. There's always really fun ones. They're fashionable, they're functional, and they are affordable. So we love that this brand is really affordable and that they don't bounce, they don't slip, like they are just everything you need them to be. So you can go and find a pair that you like at gooder.com. That's G-O-O-D-R.com. And you can use the code HERSELF15 at checkout. Again, that's gooder, G-O-O-D-R.com and use the code HERSELF15 at checkout. Okay, so we've kind of talked about here are our examples of seasons that we were beyond overwhelmed, like pushed to our limit. But Abby and I know that what happens is the day-to-day life of being an adult can be overwhelming. Drew and I often talk about how we think our society would function so much better if every adult had one day where they could just do everything they needed to do, yes, you know, yes. whether that is, you know, have their doctor and dentist appointments, do everything it takes to manage a household. We all know there's so much that goes along with houses and that's not the reality of the society we live in. So what does it look like for us to make some changes and make ourselves feel better? So one thing that Abby and I are going to talk about, and you guys have heard of us speak of this before, there's a lot of trials and tribulations that we have gone through when it comes to figuring out if you're in a partnership, like what person is going to do which thing. We don't always get it perfect by any means, but we're happy to share like what has gone well and what hasn't gone well. So one thing was the communication was getting lost because we just didn't know who was in charge of it. So communication from school or daycare, we didn't know who was going to get the call, who was going to answer the email, who was going to send back the form. And so we really decided like Drew is better at this. Drew needs to carry some of the family load. Drew's going to be in charge of this. And so he is now in charge of all school communication. This is the emails, the campus portal, putting lunch money into the account, setting up teacher conferences, everything. And Drew has really thrived in that role. Like I still will see some of the communications or like Abby will talk about her conferences or something and I'll ask him about it. He's like, yep, already on the calendar, already in cozy. Like he is made for this role. And so that is something that has gone really well. I know that in the beginning of kindergarten, you guys decided that Colin was going to do the same, like he was really going to take on that role. And I do know that you guys had a little bit more of a (laughs) rocky. So I'm wondering when you guys went into this school year, did you change things or did you keep it? 
And the reason that it wasn't working is because that's not his strength. Yeah. Like even you labeling off the things that Drew was doing, they're very detail oriented. You have to do this at this certain time based on this. And that's not Colin's strength. Like yeah. Colin has many strengths, but that's not one of them. And when we were divvying up tasks, we literally just chose the ones that we wanted. So each of us chose the ones that we wanted, but then there was a whole bunch left over and we just like kind of cut them in half. Yeah. And so Colin was in charge of all these things that he didn't like and that he wasn't good at. So were iPads forgotten? Yes. Did we have to drive Lucy for multiple weeks this summer to summer school because bus transportation wasn't figured out? Yes. Like there's a lot of things that were dropped, not because it was anybody's fault. Well, I mean, looking at it, it was Colin's responsibility, but it was also as a group, as a unit, we weren't going to each other's strengths. So mm-hmm. this year we did switch it completely. I'm in charge of all the things that you just listed off. Mm-hmm. So, and the nice part is, is that it comes as an email. So yeah. that's the trigger for me. As long as I have an email that comes in, I know the next step. Yeah. The issue with Colin is that he wouldn't see that email coming in. So then he wouldn't do the next step, which would then lead to yeah. the thing that we had to, to fix eventually. But one thing that Colin really likes to do is extracurriculars. He loves sports. So he's taken that on 100%. Everything from signing up for it to buying the ballet shoes to putting the game on our calendar. Even though that's kind of detail-oriented, he enjoys the behind the scenes of it, of with it being sports. So he's just been able to take that on and just run with it. And it's been awesome. I think that your example and my example of like, okay, we have to look at people's strengths. We have to look at people's interests. All in all, things might not be perfect. Like maybe both of you are not great at email communication. And so we do understand that you know, as adults, sometimes we are just going to have to like buckle up and be like, you know what? You still have to do this. You guys will figure out what you need. I know that in the past on episode, I believe it was 106 with Eve Rotsky, who we love on this subject, like we understand the gold standard would be that you guys have this beautiful talk. You sit down with her fair play cards. You divvy them up. Like it's all great. But the truth of the matter is, Abby and Colin do kind of have that personality. Yeah, like you do. guys yeah. liked that. We, we have the fair play yeah. deck. We did it every yes. Sunday for a while. Yep. But <laughs> the truth of the matter is, like they still needed adjustments. But when Colin faltered, it wasn't like Abby was just like, I'm taking that back. And she, didn't give him anything else. Because I think what happens is that the woman then snaps back and is like, why even give you anything? Because you can't do anything right. Even if you don't say it out loud, you're like, you know what? You, Drew sent me to the dentist on the wrong day with all three kids. He felt so horrible. And I was like, everyone makes mistakes, Drew. It is not a big deal. I'll do this again tomorrow. And that was truly the vibe of like, Drew is not going to be, even though he's really good at that, he's not going to be perfect because he's an adult, because he's a person and people make mistakes. That one, it didn't make sense to take it back. Like he's still going to be the best at appointments. Like you're still going to schedule the dentist appointments. So you guys will have to figure out how that's going to look. I also wanted to mention in her book, Fair Play, she does talk about how We were all raised so differently that right now, I know there's women listening that are in a much more traditional marriage where the woman is doing so much right now. That's the role that maybe she saw while she was growing up. That's maybe the role that he saw his mom play. Like, Who knows what it is? We hear that feedback when you guys say, oh, I wish my husband would do half of what Drew does. I hear you guys. You know, I don't know what the solution is. I do know, I think that the only way to make progress is to make small progress. I'm sure there's one thing that that partner would take on that you hate doing. And unless you're willing to live your whole life in that really traditional relationship, to say that things might get uncomfortable when you say, okay, I really can't handle also signing them up for the extracurriculars. Will you take that? Clear communication, delegation of the whole task. And then also trusting and not micromanaging. Yeah. So like that's a piece that's really hard, especially for personality types like mine. I wanted to check and double check and make sure and make sure. It's like, nope, if he's going to take it, he's going to take it. And then 
if there's any type of mix up, he's also going to help with the consequences. So sometimes you do just have to trust your partner enough to let them fail a few times and then get it right on their own. And also knowing they're not going to do it the exact same way that you're doing it, even if you're plan is perfect and it's worked really, really well. Everyone has just a little bit of a different way of doing things. I think that the reason that we're really passionate about this is that, like we said, we've been through this. And I can also reflect back to the very beginning of my parenthood, you know, when I was a mom to Max and even a little bit into Trey, is the fact that I was like gatekeeping Drew from being a bigger part of the family because I was the one that wanted to go to the doctor appointments. I was like, I'm a nurse. Like I know more than you. Like that actually is valid. And I can see the places where I was just kind of like shutting him out of being helpful. And a lot of it happens because the way our society is set up, when I was on maternity leave with Max, I had to do so much of the doctor's appointments and like you just get in these patterns where, you know, if your partner doesn't have any parental leave, whoever is the partner at home, the primary person knows the baby better. They have to set up the doctor appointments. Like they have to do all of this stuff. And so we just got into this pattern until I could say, I can't do this anymore. I need Drew to step up. I can't be the parent that is home every sick day. I'm literally going to get fired. Like I'm going to get fired. I'm in my manager's office because I won't let my partner help me, even when he's offering to stay home with our kids. Yeah. And there's so many women who are in that position right now. The reason that you're not getting the help or getting the support or you're feeling burned out is because you haven't said yes, or you haven't asked for what you need. So I know that that is just, it's something that takes over a lot of women. And some people are still in that right now. And here's the things that I hear a lot. Here's things that have come out of my own mouth. You know, I'm not going to call them excuses, but like, here's some of the reasons that we are carrying the bulk of the family load. We say things like, my job is more flexible. My partner doesn't do well with changes in plans. My partner has never cooked. I have to prepare meals before I go. He's never cooked. And those things might be true. Like, I'm not arguing that those things are not true. But like I've said in the past, just because I have a more flexible job than Drew doesn't mean I can always make my life stressful so that his life is easier. Just because Drew doesn't deal well with change. Like I tell him, I'm like, babe, this is part of parenthood. There is so much unpredictability. I remember when our kids were younger, we thought that that was absolutely the most stressful part of parenthood. Still probably we might give that the edge. You never know when they're going to be sick. You never know when you're going to have to pick them up. Like that was so stressful for us just because I'm better with a change of plans doesn't mean that it's always my plans that have to be the ones that change. So now Drew and I are absolutely not perfect, but we're so much better at this. And it's really one of the big reasons is that I had to decide it's not my mental health that is going to be sacrificed so that this family is going to be able to swim and I'm going to sink. And there's great research we can pull for you guys, but the mental health of the mom truly matters to the family unit. And I was like, I'm not doing us any favors by feeling like I can't handle one more noise. Like I was like... And I've talked about my mom rage in the past, like all of this goes together and we're just trying to get women to a place where they decide like, I cannot sacrifice my existence so that my partner has a not easy life, but much easier than mine. Okay. So we're talking about daily grinds right now. Daily grinds are like those things that have to be done every single day. I mean, it is truly like you have to cook every day. You have to feed your kids every day. Every day, people have to be put to bed. They have to wake up. You've got to get them to school, whatever it is. Like these are the things that like daily you have to do. 
So what are the things that you guys have seen that have overwhelmed you and you've realized like, nope, you know what? I really have to have Colin step up and help with some of these. And I think it goes back to this period between 5 and 8 p.m. So it's like this period of all these daily grind tasks that need to be done at the exact same time. And it's not just dinner. It's dinner and bringing in the backpacks and making sure the homework is done and getting a bath and going to bed and, and, and. And for a while there, I mean, going back to strengths, Colin is better at cooking. He enjoys cooking. <laughs> like we're, Amy and I both are behind these microphones. I mean, we are very, very <laughs> open with you guys. Can I say one yeah. thing? Just because I am not like a chef doesn't mean I can't cook. And I'm not saying that to be defensive. I'm saying that to be, we give people outs because usually it's like Abby and I, we kind of have flipped gender roles in our house of the men cook and we don't cook as much, but I can do it. I do it to give Drew a break from cooking. I do it if he's out tonight, he's golfing, I'm going to cook. I just don't want people to give their partner the out because it is not rocket science. Whether it's something easy to make, like I can do a bunch of different things. So because I know it's usually the opposite gender, I'm like, I'm not giving these people an out. Our friend that says she can't leave her husband at home with the kids because he's never made a meal. I'm calling BS on that because I know he's a man that has a successful career. I'd be so shocked if he can't read a recipe and do something super simple, warm something up. Like I'm not taking that. Well, and we can enable the other partner. Exactly. Like, that's the thing we can enable. It. And that's where the resentment between Colin and I grows because he is better at cooking. He likes cooking more. Like those two things are true. But then I'm the one who's in charge of the childcare pickup and making sure that the kids, when they are the crabbiest and hungriest of the entire day, are brought in and cared for. So here Colin is doing, you know, his zone of genius work of cooking and he's jamming out to music, enjoying his time. And I'm with all these kids trying to wrangle them before dinner. And I'm like looking at it like, oh my gosh, I wish I could cook. Mm-hmm. I wish I was the better cook. Wait, I can. Yeah. I can. So we have made the switch a few times. And you guys, it is so nice because Colin right now is in a season where he feels burned out sometimes with cooking. Mm-hmm. He likes to make really extravagant meals with a ton of cleanup. This dude is guys- like sauteing <laughs> mushrooms and spinach. That's easy. But I'm just saying like he can never just make something simple. No, it has to come with a dip. It tastes so good. Like all credit to Colin. Like I love every meal he's ever served me. But like Abby and I are like, bro, you got to simplify. And because it's every single night, it's like, I know that I'm going to be going into the next night of wrangling kids while he's creating this incredible meal. And then it's all over again. So I know that the days that we switch tasks and when we do that once in a while, we Mm -hmm. do it at least once a week, usually twice a week, we both appreciate it. Colin gets a break from cooking. I also get to see how much goes into cooking. So I appreciate his side more and he appreciates my side more. He appreciates the daycare pickup and how much work it can be and bringing in the kids and making sure you know that everything is being figured out there. So I think that just both sides can just take a little bit more appreciation for what the other does on a day-to-day basis. We also know from research with Eve Rotsky, so many other guests that we have had on that men generally take on the less time-sensitive tasks. And they take on tasks that take them outside of the house and mm-hmm. away from kids. So like that is just what the stats say. We know it's not perfect in every single household. We know the stats, you know, obviously, but more often than not, Men are in charge of the lawn mowing, the garage cleaning, the car repairs. And although these are all necessary parts of a household and a life, they can kind of be done at any time and they are done outside of the house that you're not in the house with children. So I know a lot of resentment can grow in families because moms feel like they just are always doing the same thing over and over and over again. And then they see their partner you know, mm-hmm. doing things that are needed, obviously, but it's like, wait. I want to mow the lawn. I want to go take the car to get an oil change once in a while. So go and do those things. Like go and do those things because it does help just a little bit to take the edge off of that like hamster wheel that we can feel like we're on. Another one thing that both Colin and Drew have tried to do is on Fridays, they'll try to mow the lawn before daycare pickup, which just gives, you know, a little bit less of a parenting stress around Amy and I. Yes. Do they have to build it into their week? They do. Yeah. But if you know on Monday that you're already going to be mowing the lawn on Friday, you can kind of just finagle your schedule a little bit and it just it makes the weekend go a whole lot better. Yeah. It's been really nice. Drew still doesn't commute 
to where his company is on the west side of Madison. So because of that, it's been really helpful because his drive home from our office is only five minutes. And so a lot of times he'll start dinner before the kids come home. So it's almost done, if not done by the time the kids get home. Because before what would happen is like, I'm trying to entertain three really hungry kids that just want to eat while Drew is making the meal. And so we've kind of looked at like, okay, what causes stress to our family? And is there any way that we can improve the process of this? And like Abby said, like we all know Drew's obsessed with the lawn, but can he start mowing before the kids get home so that it's not so much time of me? Like my big thing was for so long, I still do, but it's gotten a lot better. I had so much of the actual parenting load, like the daily, everything for the kids seemed to fall on me. So Drew and I have really worked of like, okay, how could we fix this so that it is more manageable. I mentioned this in my Instagram story, but he'll also give me options. It's kind of like what big little feelings and other people teach us for our toddlers. It works with adults too. It's like, would you rather me mow Thursday evening or Saturday morning? And then mentally I can kind of look at the week and be like, okay, I know myself. I'm just going to take the one that I really need. And so if your partner has those tasks, be like, give me a couple options because this feels like I've got no control over the family schedule and that feels stressful to me. So it makes a big difference. We're saying we're still improving. I think that's always going to happen because Abby and I have said now we have school agers. So we are in a season, we have dance, we have like football, we have soccer, we have swimming, like we have activities now. So like we needed to now say, okay, what's going to work in this brand new season? And that's something that Drew had a challenge with. He's like, oh, no, I'm the dinner guy and I'm the lawn guy. And it's like, okay, but is that going to work in this season? And we've got to talk about it and figure out if it's not working for one of us, it's not working for the family. I really like to say that. So we get back on the same page. Well, with all of this, taking care of ourselves has always been such a pillar of the Herself brand. I mean, Amy and I, we are talking about this all the time on Instagram, in our podcasts. It's a part of our life. And it's also how we can get one step further than we are today. And I encourage you that this is what you can do as well. Acting like you matter, taking care of yourself. These need to be pillars, not only for the people that you listen to on a podcast, but things that you're taking seriously in your own life as well. And as you may know by now, our self-care course is live. So today, if you're listening right away on Monday, it is live today and you can use code EARLYBIRD to save 30% off the course. So we have made this course to help women take better care of themselves. We are using the research, the quotes from experts. We have pulled the audience. We have used our own experience to really build this course into something that isn't only tangible that you can do today, but something that you can build into a habit so that self-care becomes a priority for your life for days and weeks and years on end. And this is going to be the best discount that we offer to the public. And the code is only going to be available until next Monday. We know that many of you have very full plates. So we want to make sure that our listeners can take full advantage of this awesome code. So again, go to herself.teachable.com and use code EARLYBIRD to get 30% off the course that launches today. We'll make sure to include this in the notes, and we can't wait to start this journey with you to a more fulfilled you. 